experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Short-term pessimist, long-term optimist. That's me. Believe me, there's nothing more that I want than to be optimistic all the time. Frankly, I think it's a good way to lead your life. I know we may hit a few bumps in a road, but longer term, things look pretty darn good. Let's get the bummer stuff out of the way so we can move on and focus on what's down the road. Why am I pessimistic for the moment? Mainly because that's what the technical indicators are saying you should be, or at least that's what they're whispering to me. Most of the sentiment indicators that I look at are saying, hey, Eric, investor sentiment is getting close to an extreme level of optimism. And I look at sentiment as a contrarian indicator. In other words, when the mob is going one way, I want to go to the other, but only at the extremes. I do a group bike ride during the week. We all get together and we ride for about an hour and a half. And then when we're done, everyone kind of mingles around and chats in the parking lot. Last week was one of the first times I heard people talking pretty enthusiastically, I might add, about stocks. I should have bought Tesla. Maybe, you know, my Amazon is killing it. Well, you get the idea. So that's the parking lot indicator. It's flashing yellow. But so is the I.I. That's the Investor's Intelligence Survey, which shows there's four times as many bulls as bears. And that's really high. The National Association of Active Investment Managers shows near 100% commitment to stocks. The Chicago Board of Options Exchange, the CBOE, their data shows call option buying far outpacing put buying. You buy calls when you think the market is going up and puts for protection. NASDAQ volume relative to the New York Stock Exchange volume, well, it's soared to a record high. NASDAQ is the index that has a lot of tech names in it, along with healthcare. The CNN Fear and Greed Index showing the same thing. Back at the end of March, I said it was time to start doing some buying. And that's when things looked really ugly. The Fear and Greed Index had gone from a high of uh, in the 90s where nothing could go wrong, down to three, where nothing could go right. Today, we're closing in on 70, and that's close to extreme greed level. Again, at extremes, I want to go in the opposite direction. The market has been pulled higher by a handful of stocks. The five biggest tech names make up 23% of the S&P 500. And over the last five and a half years, these five stocks are up almost 300%. And the other 495 stocks in the S&P 500, well, they're up only about 23%. That's a big disparity. Common sense should tell you that's not healthy. In the meantime, those high fives do keep producing They released earnings last week, and all of them were fairly decent. The standouts were really Amazon and Apple. Let me spend a minute on Apple, symbol AAPL, since it's one I've talked about for years. And it's my largest holding in my personal portfolio and most of the portfolios I manage for clients. They just knocked the cover off the ball 
Overall, revenue was up 11%. Earnings were up more than 18% year over year. And this quarter was a quarter where a lot of folks weren't expecting much out of Apple. iPhone revenue was strong. Services grew 15%. Mac sales grew 21%. iPad more than 30%. Those are huge numbers. And they returned $21 billion back to happy shareholders. $3.7 billion, by the way, of dividends and another $16 billion through share repurchases. You really couldn't have asked for more. And investors agreed. They sent the stock up $60 since they released their numbers. And part of that big gain is probably due to the announcement that they're going old school. They're splitting the stock four for one at the end of the month. I haven't seen that in a long time. Tim Cook, the CEO, wants to make ownership more accessible. He wants more people to own Apple. So I think that's good. I applaud that. Splitting the stock will have implications for the Dow as a whole, the Dow Industrial Index, because it's a price-weighted index. And not to get too wonky here, but the higher price-tagged stocks have more weight in the overall index. So when Apple splits the stock, the price per share will be lower and they'll have a lesser impact in the overall movement of the Dow. Currently, Apple is the most heavily weighted stock in the index. And after it splits, it'll fall to the middle of the pack, somewhere around 15 or so. And United Healthcare, symbol UNH, which is another one of my favorites, will take out over as the most heavily weighted stock in the Dow. Bottom line is, Apple is a holder, not a trader. If you're looking at uh, at adding to your portfolio now, I, I think there are a few places you can look. Intel, symbol INTC, is one of those places I think you should look. They announced earnings that look pretty good, but the big concern was, will they be able to produce the goods going forward? They've struggled with the manufacturing side, and they said that they were going to be about six months behind in their latest versions of, of chips. And what they decided to do is outs- outsource some of that manufacturing, which will most likely mean lower margins, but it could also result in lower capital expenditures. We'll have to keep our eye on it. I think at $48, paying near a two and three quarter percent dividend, I think it's worth a look. I said Raytheon, symbol RTX, is a buy under 60, and now it's under 60. So I'd look at that. I'd start looking at the more cyclical type stocks at the expense of the defensive names. And when I say cyclical stocks, I'm talking about the material and energy names as well as the financials. And you're going to have to be patient with these. But I'd rather buy them now when they're relatively inexpensive than wait and buy them when they're running up. Part of my thinking here is that the dollar is declining, which will help earnings. Remember, the S&P 500 gets a big portion of their earnings from overseas, and a declining dollar means more earnings. A lot of these deep cyclical companies get more than 50% of their earnings from abroad. So a declining dollar? Good for these deep cyclical companies. I also think that a falling dollar can also help ignite some global growth. And we'll go into that another time. Cat, symbol Caterpillar, Cat, symbol C-A-T, is one I'd look at. It's trading about $130. 
paying better than a 3% dividend while you wait. I think the setup going forward is better than it's been in several years. It looks like a bottom is starting to form as far as demand is concerned. Again, I'm most likely going to be early here, but I'm buying this now looking down the road two or three years. I'm not going to try and guess what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's the same with the banks. Their environment doesn't get much worse than what it is now. The banking industry as a whole made large provisions to its loan loss reserves in the first half of this year, and that depressed earnings. And I think the prospects for the second half of the year and well into 2021 is going to depend heavily on whether the larger reserves can absorb rising bad loans. And I think they can. Net interest income, well, that's going to be hurt by lower interest rates. Although trading and investing, investment banking income rose pretty sharply last quarter. That's probably not going to last. Again, I'm looking at these now for two or three years down the road. Okay, we're going to end it there for today. Next week, we're going to get a little summer R&R, so we'll be back the week after. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.